The Zone is presented by Guaranteed Foods, delivering all natural food to Midwestern families since 1958. Enjoy healthier food, more free time, free delivery, and better value. Go to GuaranteedFoods.com. All right, we continue right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Welcome back into the zone. Jason Anderson, Josh Briscoe, Dylan Michaels heading up until 2 o'clock. Let's talk some Chiefs football. Adam Teicher, ESPN Chiefs Insider. He's presented by Twin Peaks. Step up your lunch game at Twin Peaks. Enjoy light yet hearty combos put together for you, available at an awesome price. Enjoy your next lunch break with Twin Peaks. Adam, welcome to the show. How are you, sir? Jason, how are you doing this morning? I am doing just fine. I'm doing just fine. Um, we're talking some Chiefs here. The uh, The window for the franchise tag opens up today. The Chiefs have two weeks to figure out if they are going to place a franchise tag on a player or not. Uh, we'll start off with just, uh, do you think uh, the Chiefs will exercise said franchise tag window and uh, place a franchise tag on either Chris Jones or LeJarrius Sneed? Yeah, well, they've got two strong candidates, right? So um, they, they certainly could. Um, and, and, yeah, I think they will use it on one of those guys. You know, Chris Jones, the, the, the number is just so big. It's $32 million plus, and and that's a huge number to, to, uh, to hold there while you hopefully renegotiate a, a longer-term contract. It would seem like Chris Jones would have all the leverage if he did that. So that one's a little hard for me to picture. Um um, you know, Sneed's number wouldn't be um, uh, nearly as uh, you know tough for the Chiefs to handle, but still, um, you know, a, a big number nonetheless. So, uh, going to be interesting to see what the Chiefs do. Um, you know, I know talking to Brett Veach at the Super Bowl a couple weeks ago. Now he was talking about uh, trying to re-sign both of these guys. He knew what the challenges were. He knew how difficult that was going to be. But that's at least where the Chiefs, what the Chiefs are trying to do. We'll see uh, whether they can keep one of them at least on the franchise tag. If uh, you say they'll use it on one of the guys, um, will they use it on one of the guys to then explore if they can get anything back in compensation, or use it on one of the guys because they will be having that guy wear a Chiefs uniform next year? How do you think that that goes? If the is part of the strategy to place the franchise tag and see if you can get something in return for yeah. uh, said franchise tag player. Yeah, well, with Chris Jones, that's tough to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, while you're negotiating a contract, you're still um, you're, you're still carrying a huge number. So I, I don't see it with Chris Jones. Now with uh, well, Jerry Sneed, maybe. That, that sounds more doable. But um, um, I know the Chiefs would like to keep him. But, you know, They've been preparing for this day to lose him uh, for some time now. Mm-hmm. You know, they drafted, what, four corners last year and one corner this year. Yeah. and um, Only one in the first round, but still, they've got some guys they, they like there. So, um, and they, you know, got some picks this year they could add to that. So, uh, um, interesting to see what their strategy is, no doubt. They haven't paid cornerbacks, and and it's funny. Two years ago, at this time, before the twenty twenty two draft, uh, we were talking about that the Chiefs did not invest any money, really, any resources into the cornerback position. That they would trade Parker Anger, they would, you know, uh, draft different guys, but they weren't going to spend a draft pick or pay a lot of money for a free agent uh, cornerback. And then all they did was trade up and get Trent McDuffie. And uh, one of the things that we talked about is we both agreed that it was more circumstantial than it was strategy, that the Chiefs hadn't spent a high draft pick on a uh, a cornerback. Um, 
And, and you know, those draft picks that they really didn't have. I mean, 2018, they didn't have one. Then they didn't have one when they traded for Frank Clark and then trading for, you know, Orlando Brown. And, you know, there were some first-round draft picks that were not there for them to go and say, let's go get a cornerback. And, you know, they had a couple of guys that they liked. So all that being the background, um, they've proven that they're willing to go and draft a cornerback high in the uh, draft. Do you think they're willing to pay uh, the uh, the going rate, the market value for Legereus Sneed at a cornerback position, if they have been, as you've said, they have been throwing numbers at the um, at the position, and at least at worst, will go into next year with uh, all pro Trent McDuffie at cornerback. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's uh, you know inter- an interesting decision for the Chiefs. I, I think they would pay a corner. It's the the bigger question in this case is will they? You know, mm-hmm. it's uh, do, do they feel like they need to? Is that an absolute necessity for them? And uh, you know, they just haven't had to. They've been so good at uh, finding guys. You know, whether it's Bashad Breeland, who was you know kind of on the you know they got on a cheap contract in uh, in free agency, or Shavarius Ward, who they they basically got off the scrap heap. I mean, they they turned these guys into really good players and. Uh, they did it with Snead, a lower round draft choice. So, you know, Josh Williams and um, Jalen Watson have made some plays for the Chiefs. So, um, you know, I, I think they would pay a corner. I, I don't think there's any rule, uh, you know, like one arrowhead drive that says do not pay cornerbacks. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> excuse me, I, I think that, uh, you know, this is a question more of circumstances than mm-hmm. anything else and need versus uh, what else they want to get done. Um, with their salary cap. Yeah, and, you know, they let Charverius Ward walk, and they had Legereus Sneed, and they felt like, you know, and they end up going and getting Trent McDuffie. They didn't think he was going to be there, but I think they had an idea on some other guys they were going to draft because they took Joshua Williams, they took Jalen Watson, they took Nazi Johnson. Like, they were drafting some guys, and so maybe that was the theory, and the strategy behind it was, well, let Charverius Ward walk. We've got Sneed that we can place on the outside or in the slot, and we're going to go throw some numbers at it. And if we got to go and supplement one way here or there, we'll do that. And then all of a sudden, Trent McDuffie was there for them to trade up and get. And so that worked out well for them. And I wonder if it's the same strategy this go-around. If they'll look at it and go, the almost $19 million for Legereus Need in the franchise tag. Okay, we place the franchise tag on him. We know that's the starting point of the annual average value for Legereus Need, And he's already on record as saying, you know, pay me <laughs> to a K. Adams. Yeah, yeah, uh, pay yeah. me. Um, and I don't begrudge him going out and getting the most money he can possibly get. He's made like $5 million in his career. Um, you know, Chris Jones has made 90. So, you know, Legereus Need, go get as much money as you can. You've earned it, man. You've been killer for these uh, four years. You've been amazing. Um, I just wonder if the Chiefs look at it and go, $19 million for Legereus Sneed, or do we redistribute that money on the offensive side, on the tackle, on a wide receiver, and say, Spags, you've got Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson, Nazi Johnson coming back, and Nick Jones, and you've got, obviously, Trent McDuffie already. We drafted Shamari Connor. Oh, by the way, we have more draft picks coming up this year. Uh, figured out, and we're going to take that $19 million and go somewhere else. The question would be, Adam, is are they going to tell Steve Spagnolo figure out cornerback uh, and defensive <laughs> tackle for Chris Jones? Yeah, yeah, that would be a tough ask for sure uh, to do that. So, uh, yeah, it, it, they've got some tough decisions to make. And, you know, look back at last year, what the Chiefs did at wide receiver. They had um, some young guys at wide receiver, notably Canarius Tony and Sky Moore. And they said, you know what, we're going to take that money. We're going to bank a little bit on their development. And, and Rashi Rice, I forgot to throw him in yeah. that mix. 
you know, they uh, and, and they said, you know what, we're going to bank on the development of those guys, and we're going to put our money into the other side of the ball. And then they signed Mike Edwards and Drew Tranquil and Charles Omenahue, and and uh, you know it worked out on the defensive side. I mean, all three guys uh, played well for the Chiefs and were worth the money they they gave them. Um, the, uh, the the problem was the wide receivers didn't develop, but you know part of that worked out. So I'm wondering whether they look at that and say, you know what, we made that work last year. We we found uh, maybe a, a wise or wiser place for our money. Um, than, than sinking into, say, Odell Beckham Jr. or DeAndre Hopkins or Juju Smith-Schuster. So we're going uh, to try that again. We're going to maybe, uh, rather than um, you know, sink everything we got into Legereus Sneed, let's try to spread that money around and uh, uh, give ourselves a number of guys who can help us out, maybe a wide receiver in that group. Yeah, I mean, they can uh, they can move on from MVS and save $11 million and put that towards another receiver. Or they can and, – and I wonder if, if this is a possibility. We saw this with um, – who was it? Uh, Frank Clark well, a couple of years ago where the Chiefs said, hey, look, Frank, we're going to cut you. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you can go somewhere else and get the money. Or this is how much we can pay you. You can take the money. You can take the pay cut and stay as a Chief. And he went, okay, I'll stay. I'll stay another year with the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think they offer that to MVS as sort of changing the subject a little bit? But really, in the bigger overall picture of do they have money for uh, Chris Jones and Legarius Sneed? They're definitely not going to pay MVS fourteen million dollars in a cap hit this year when his dead cap hit is only two million. Um, so do they approach him and go, hey man, um, we're going to rip up this contract. We're going to give you a, a contract of one year, three million dollars. Um, take it or leave it. Uh, or they, do they just simply move on and say, uh, appreciate the time, MVS, last couple of years, you got a couple of rings, uh, good luck to you? Well, that just further depletes a depleted position for the Chiefs. So uh, I think right now, at least, he serves a pretty important um, role for the Chiefs. So, uh, yeah, I could see them coming to him and saying, hey, listen, we're going to need to do something with your salary. You can make it back in incentives. Yeah, incentives, yeah. If you, uh, you know, if you, um, you know, hit the right numbers here, mm-hmm. but we're, we're not, um, we're not going to uh, uh, carry you with this kind of number. Yeah, that, that would make a lot of sense, I think. But uh, I, I just, just to just say, hey, we're going to, we need to really whack your salary and take it or leave it. I, I don't know that they they go that far because I do think he's a, a more important to them, at least right now, than uh, than that. And it's also important to note that with Patrick Mahomes' contract restructure, that um, this is the first year that his uh, signing and roster bonus don't go into effect the uh, what second day of the league year. It actually goes to the to after the draft, so the Chiefs can they can save thirty seven million dollars by restructuring Patrick Mahomes' contract this year, um, and and the brilliance of renegotiating and doing it to where it's after the draft is that you've got free agency and then the draft and then if the draft comes and goes and you've got a couple of people that you're like okay we got to fill this role and this role all right Pat here's the number that we got to get to and we'll just t- change this uh, roster to a signing bonus and save this on the cap number instead of you got to guess beforehand. Like uh, in, in the last couple of years, they had to say, you know, first couple of days of the league year, this is how much we need. This is how much we have to restructure with Patrick Mahomes. And then they got into a situation last year where Chris Jones didn't sign an extension and they didn't have money for DeAndre Hopkins. And I, <laughs> I wonder if uh, they had that uh, luxury this year. The luxury they have this year moving forward, if they'd have had that last year, Adam, if they would have moved some more money around for Patrick Mahomes and got a wide receiver. Yeah, they might have. And, you know, there's a, a cash uh, aspect to all this, too, sure. that 
it can be somewhat limiting. Yeah. So, you know, that that's a factor as well. But, uh, yeah, they, you know, they do have more flexibility this year with Mahomes, and that's, uh, you know, that's that was done intentionally on both sides. You know, they both wanted mm-hmm. the Chiefs to have that flexibility. Visiting with Adam Teicher from ESPN Chiefs Insider, presented by Twin Peaks. I wonder if um, when when the Chiefs gave Chris Jones the restructured contract after sitting out the Lions game, uh, we talked about it at the time that they did something that they hadn't ever done before, and that was adding void years to a contract. Um, and they did that with Chris Jones. And and I bring that up because Chris Jones is already four and a quarter million dollars against the cap this upcoming season. Do you think that was, in a sense, in their way, making it more likely that they would want to bring him back and sign him if he's already costing four and change against the cap that – well, all right, if we've got a cap hit for $20 million next year, it's actually only 15.5 that we're adding to the cap, um, or 15.75, whatever, uh, that we're adding to the cap because we're already you know, being charged for and change. Or was that just a way to get it done that you know, particular time? Because adding void years, Adam, is not something they've ever done. It was a real surprise yeah. that they did that. And uh, this is why they don't, is because they don't want to go into a season where they're like, hey, we got $20 million of cap space. we got Chris Jones and LeJerry Sneed out there. we got to figure out wide receiver. And we owe $4 million to a guy who's a free agent. Yep, yep. There's no doubt. And, uh, you know, where, where I stand with the Chris Jones thing is, is it and, – and the Chiefs have negotiated this way – basically since Brett Veach has been their general manager. I mean, they've drawn a line in the sand and then walked yeah. uh, on big guys. They've drawn a line in the sand and then walked on it. Um, it, it you know, they did that with Tyreek Hill. They did that with Orlando Brown. Um, so they can, they get to a, price, a point and they say, we're not doing this. We're not doing it now. We're not doing it ever. And it makes no sense for the Chiefs to give Chris Jones the contract he wanted last year and wants now if they wouldn't give it to him last year. Mm-hmm. So to me, everything, this just sort of smacks is kind of a, uh, you know, as, as sort of um, they, they were preparing for the end with Chris Jones. Uh, you know, I know they'd like to keep him and maybe they, they'll find a way, but um, I, I feel like Chris Jones is the one who's going to have to move here. He's going to have to be mm-hmm. the one to compromise. It would really surprise me after what the Chiefs did last year and what their history is with big-time players that the Chiefs would give Chris Jones now a contract that they wouldn't give him last year. Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% with you on that one. Um, a couple of other names that were big players in the Chiefs this year, uh, Drew Tranquil, um, do you expect him to be back with the uh, Chiefs uh, next year? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, the Chiefs are also probably going to lose Willie Gay, so yeah. there's there's mm-hmm. room for him. You know, there there certainly is, and um, he just seems really motivated, Drew Tranquil, to to stay. I, I think he really enjoyed his year here in a way that he never did earlier in his career. I don't think he knew that playing pro football could be this much fun. I really believe that. I, I think he really enjoyed his time here as opposed to his earlier time with the Chargers. So I, I think they'll probably be away, yeah, particularly with Willie Gay uh, being a free agent. I, I do think that uh, yeah. has a good chance of happening. Do you think um, – I, I, I sort of looked at it as an either-or. Maybe it's both, but I sort of looked at it as an either-or or we'll look at it as an either-or of Willie Gay or Drew Tranquil. Uh, do you agree? Yeah. Is it one or the other, or do you, will they go about uh, trying to bring back the entire linebacker unit? Yeah, I, I can't see the Chiefs uh, investing in both those guys, given everything else they've got going on. Mm-hmm. But, 
Hey, you know what? I, I, I wouldn't put it past them to find a way, but um, that, in, in a sense, maybe that's bad news for the Chiefs because maybe that means neither Chris Jones nor Legereus need. So I'm not sure that's something you want to wish for right now if you're the Chiefs. Absolutely. Visiting with Adam Teicher from ESPN. Um, one of the things that came up from the uh, Super Bowl and has been coming up this year, uh, and I don't know if the Chiefs will do anything this offseason or next offseason, but do you think it is uh, on the Chiefs' radar at all for Creed to move to a guard um, and not uh, snap the football to Patrick Mahomes anymore? Or that's his job. He's going to stay doing that for at least you know the next year or so. They'll figure out you know after that if they're going to re-sign him, bring him back. But he's the center, and he's just going to have to figure out how to stop rolling the ball back to Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, they, they, you know, to me it makes more sense to work with him and get him more practice and whatever it takes to uh, to, to do that job better than to move him. I I, I feel like then you're starting to you're starting to uh, you know create other problems mm-hmm. if you move him around. So uh, I would leave him there and work with him and, and figure out you know hey what's going on here and how can he get better at doing that because uh, there's no reason he can't. So. Uh, um, yeah, I, I don't. I don't feel like that would be in the strategy. But um, um, stranger things have happened. But I wouldn't count on that one. See, I was thinking of a way to make uh, to save money for the Chiefs if uh, they're thinking, okay, you got to go out and get a tackle. Um, where are you going to do that? Is it Wanya Morris or is the tackle already on your team? And Joe Tooney plays left tackle. Creed Humphrey plays left guard, and Nick Allegretti slides into center. I mean, it's moving some well, things around, uh, but you're not paying extra money for another offensive lineman except for what you're bringing back for Nick Allegretti. Yeah, well, it's that's um, you know that, that that's there's worse things to do than yeah. what you suggested there, but uh, I, I don't see that yeah. because you've got two guys now moving positions, mm-hmm. and I think the Chiefs would rather avoid mm-hmm. one guy moving a position, much less two. Do you think they approach this offseason looking at a long-term fix at left tackle or? Um, uh, look at it and say, you know, we got away with it with Orlando Brown for a couple of years, Donovan Smith and Wanya Morris this year, uh, that that may be more of the strategy moving forward is figuring out piecing together the left tackle year by year um, and the wide receiver and the defense and, and interior of their offensive line, they're already spending money on Jawan Taylor, um, or, or, or do you think they'll go about and try to find, uh, if they can, that long-term solution at left tackle? Well, and I, I wouldn't... Um right off Wanya Morris right now from that job either. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll know more what the Chiefs think about him when, when off-season comes around. But, uh, I, you know, I think he's still a strong candidate to be that long-term left tackle. Um, you know, I don't think they saw anything in him that led them to believe he couldn't play or he, he's just not going to be uh, you know, a factor for them going forward. I mean, it may not he may not develop into that player, but um, I, I wouldn't put that past him. As long as they think that's a chance, mm-hmm. I'd be surprised to see them invest in any big money in a tackle. You know, there's all this talk that maybe uh, the Cowboys uh, left tackle. Um, Smith, um, yeah. yeah, Tyron Smith uh, would, uh, would be coming to the Chiefs. I only see that happening if the Chiefs have already decided that Wanya Morris yeah. is not their long-term, if they've made that decision. And I don't think they have made that decision that uh, – um, you know, it, sometimes it takes guys a little longer than others. And, um, you know, I know they were pretty excited when they drafted him. So uh, 
I think he's going to be part of the part of the picture here. So I, I don't see the Chiefs investing big money. You know, would, maybe would they bring another veteran in, like a, a, another like they did Donovan Smith last year on a one year deal? That maybe, mm-hmm. but Donovan Smith wasn't making a lot of money. Um, so um, I, I just don't see them investing heavily in that spot. Not right now. Not with what they've got on their roster and and, and with what everything else they've got to do with their money. And the good news is, is that, you know, they got a chance to see Wanya Morris in action for a few games. Like he yep. got out there yep. and played and started, played a number of snaps. They saw the strengths and weaknesses and things to work on. And he saw it as well. So if there is a plan or at least a thought that he could be that left tackle going into next year, they've got a decent um, baseline and foundation to work from of what you saw actually in action and not just guessing what he would have looked like in a game. Yeah, absolutely. And so they, they you know, they, they know what they're working with and, um, um, they have a pretty good picture of that, and, and uh, um, I, I still feel like if you're asking me who's going to be the Chiefs' left tackle, maybe he's just because he's the leader in the clubhouse. Uh, I'm saying him, but I, I think just given everything else we've talked about and all they've got to do with their money and all their you know long list of free agents and other uh, things that they want to do with their money, I, I think Wanya Morris will be their starting left tackle next year. Visiting with Adam Teicher from ESPN. Um, the story about uh, Nick Allegretti uh, tearing his UCL and staying in the game and playing, um, one of the questions I had is, you know, he was talking about there's a there's an offensive lineman that's uh, going to be a doctor when he's done. Uh, I, my first thought was he was talking about LDT. Uh, but then it sort of sounded like he was saying that he had a conversation with like uh, recently or during the game or something like that with somebody who's going to be a doctor when they're done playing. Is there somebody else on the Chiefs? Uh, and by the way, that doctor said uh, you don't need a UCL to play offensive line uh, is the story that Allegretti <laughs> said. The, uh, the guy said, uh, don't worry, you don't need a UCL to play offensive line. And so Nick Allegretti had that in his mind and thought, well, OK, let's go play. UCL's ruptured. Doesn't matter. Don't need it. Um, is there another guy on the Chiefs offensive line that's studying to be a doctor when they're done playing football not that i know of but the chiefs have a um one of their team doctors used to play for the chiefs um oh boy his name is escaping now he played he was with seattle for a few years and then he came to the chiefs as a long snapper played his last season for the chiefs and then he went to uh, med school Uh, as a small world story he was also canadian as well just like Hmm. uh, ldt and boy, oh boy, he's going to kill me when I, I, I his name is escaping me right now. But he's one of their team doctors. You see him, I you know, I saw him at the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, so he's uh, he's out there. It's possible that that's uh, who you're talking about there. Interesting. Yeah, I, my first thought was uh, Allegretti, and uh, thinking that he was discussing that. Uh, Josh is uh, looking it up. Josh, you have an idea? Yeah, was it John Philippe Darsh? Yes, I see yes. him here in a Seahawks yes. jersey. Darsh. Yeah, JP. Yes. Yeah, I guess yes. it goes yes. by by JP here. Uh, that's wild. I didn't know that at all. I was wondering if Mike Caliendo had a uh, like a background we didn't know I about. Caliendo is the first thing that came to my mind for some reason. Like, was he talking about Caliendo? Well, the reason for me is that I think Allegretti said a backup offensive lineman, yeah. and I was like, Nick, no offense, but you're the first one of those. <laughs> and next is I think Caliendo, and I don't know. Austin Ryder tackle, tackles. I, is is not, yeah, Ryder right. I, I, I don't know. Would you? I mean, I. I I don't think any of those guys are going to med school or Darian planning Tart. on going to med school. <laughs> yeah, I, I I have no idea what that's about. He, maybe he was talking about J.P. Darsh. I, I don't yeah, know. Maybe he was. I mean, do you need a UCL to snap the football? You know, <laughs> uh, you don't need a UCL to to play offensive. Which, by the way, didn't know that. 
Now I know. Don't need a UCL to play offensive line. I thought that was holding me back this whole time. Sam Horn, uh, Mizzou quarterback, uh, pitcher. Go play offensive line. Don't even need Tommy John surgery anymore. Yeah, See, there you go. Except I wouldn't. I wouldn't suggest that for the long term. <laughs> but maybe you can get through a Super Bowl with that way. But I wouldn't suggest well, it over the long term for sure. We now know for a fact you can. <laughs> that you, yeah. you you won't even miss a snap if you uh, yeah. don't have a UCL uh, in the game, which is just un- he felt it uh, tear and uh, pop, and he was like, ah, "Let's roll, let's go, man." Which, by the way, yeah. as a total aside, Adam. The um uh, the 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 final play from scrimmage for the 49ers in overtime on that uh, third down and that was a third down and five because the third down yeah. and four was um was in at the end of regulation but the uh, third down and five play in overtime that the right tackle um or right guard I'm trying to think of uh who the oh it was uh, uh, Spencer Burford had filled yeah, in yeah. for Feliciano that got hurt. And right. he was quoted after the game as saying, I should have just played within the scheme. I played on instinct. It was my fault. Um, I'm not sure what instincts would tell you to not block Chris Jones. Uh, but, you know, in that <laughs> My lo- instinct would not be to block <laughs> Chris Jones. That's, that's, a great point. that's a great point. I played on instincts. Get the hell away from number 95. Uh, I should have played within the scheme, which was give up my body to block 95. But, you know, fight or flight and all of that stuff. Uh, kick in. But I, I thought about that as we found out that Allegretti tore his UCL, and I'm like, I don't know what the Chiefs would have looked like the last uh, two quarters of the game if Caliendo were filling in at left guard for uh, Allegretti. Because um, we know what happened with just uh, Spencer Burford coming in for Feliciano at right guard. Something very big in a critical moment was missed, yep. and uh, they yep. put three on the board instead of seven. Yeah, no, that's a good point. And, uh, you know, I know the Chiefs liked Mike Caliendo. They kept him around for a couple years because they think he's got some skills to be a pretty good player, but he doesn't have the experience. Uh, You know, Allegretti's got the experience, and that's what you really Mm -hmm. want in that situation. So, yeah, it certainly could have made a difference. The 49ers could have exploited that had that been the case. It's a great point. The instinct is fear. (laughs) That's the instinct. (laughs) But but also saying that after the game, I should have just played within the scheme. I I played on instinct. It was my fault, not blocking Chris Jones. Okay. Well, he's just like the rest of us. He just wants to stand around and watch. (laughs) That's right. I had a hell of a view of that uh, that, that overtime drive. I was right in the middle of it. Uh, We'll take a timeout right in the middle of our conversation with Adam Teicher from ESP, and he's presented by Twin Peaks. We'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about this Chiefs uh, team as they head into um, the uh, free agency period. Uh, Talk a little uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, coming up next. More Zone right after this. Hanging out with Adam Teicher from ESPN, Chiefs Insider, presented by Twin Peaks. Step up your lunch game at Twin Peaks. Enjoy light yet hearty combos put together for you, available at an awesome price. Enjoy your next lunch break with Twin Peaks. All right, Adam, um, the, some of the uh, Internet uh, sleuths um, on, um, on, the, on the text line, we had a couple of people text in that say it was uh, Mike Caliendo. Is the uh, is is the doctor and uh, Josh went and also 
uh, was able to research it himself. Yeah, um, Adam, I know you're a journalist. So I'll just tell you, this appears to be from, I think it's wikipedia.org. Um, Caliendo graduated in gov. 2019 with a GPA of 3.90 in biomedical studies. There's also some other stuff about him uh, not going to the NFL as soon as he could have or going to medical school to go back to uh, WMU. But there you go, a little, little uh, biomedicine in Mike no. Caliendo's background. But he's not in med school right now. No. Not in meds. No, and no, I don't know. Yeah, what, no, I don't know that. He said. He what did said, Allegretti say? No, he said there's a backup offensive lineman that wants to be a doctor when he's done playing, and said okay. that. Okay. Um, okay. And said you don't need a UCL to play offensive line. Okay. So, if not for Caliendo, does Allegretti continue playing? I mean, Caliendo's already done enough. Give him two rings. Seriously. I mean, give him two rings. He's he's done enough, man. He has two. <laughs> he does have two, actually. I mean, give him two for this year. <laughs> okay. Give him an extra. Give him three rings, damn it. Okay, sorry, Josh. Absolutely. No, listen. Listen, we're in a place right now where it's hard to remember how many rings certain players in the Chiefs have. <laughs> a part of my life I never thought I'd experience. That's exactly right, Adam. Um, how many? It's like, uh, wait a minute. Does that guy have three? Does he have two, or is this his first one? I just got to figure out which uh, which guy has uh, how many rings. That- that answer was zero for a lot of years. Yeah. I can tell you that <laughs> much. I, I didn't have to think very hard about how many, uh, uh, you know, how many got rings a guy had won yep. with the Chiefs. I didn't. I never had to think about that for a long time. No, you were absolutely right about that. There was there was a, a screenshot going on. I can't remember who the fourth guy was, but it was there were four active NFL quarterbacks with two Super Bowl rings. It's Patrick Mahomes, Blaine Blaine Gabbert, uh, Chris Oladokun, and somebody else. I can't remember who. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fourth one is? I'm going to figure it out. There are four quarterbacks in the uh, – Dylan, Dylan knows the answer to it's, it. It's uh, Jimmy G. That, I mean – Oh, my goodness. Jimmy delicious. Patriots. Delightful. Those are the four quarterbacks currently the active. only four active quarterbacks with, with with two Super Bowl rings. What a group. What a group. <laughs> wow. Who are they Who are they again? It's uh, Mahomes, Oladokun. Yeah. Uh, Blaine Gabbert. Oh, Blaine Gabbert. one in Tampa yeah, okay, and Blaine one Gabbert. in Kansas City. And and, uh, and and Jimmy yeah, G and Jimmy Garoppolo and Jimmy PED wow. and only one of them took PEDs to get there <laughs> to get his two Super Bowl rings. My goodness, well, Gabbert, Gabbert has some sort of hair follicle enhancement going on, but I think he's got approval from the league. Yeah, it's LED. That's a lettuce. <laughs> um, performance enhancing. Oh. Um, Amazing. Well, Adam, uh, let's talk some more uh, Chiefs here. Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes, Jason. Who? Free segue for you. Trying to get you where you wanted to go. Text also says Josh. Uh, I thought it was uh, thought it was Josh's job to give the ring away. Yeah. See, there you go. You had, a, you had such a. It was right there. How about that, Adam? How about our texters and listeners giving sponsorship ideas to to Josh rather than him just doing it himself? Appreciate that. There, that there you go. There you go. There you go. Um, so there's a uh, there's a stat going around about the uh, average depth of uh, target air yards for Patrick Mahomes touchdowns. I don't know if you've seen this or not. Um, but uh, it's a lot of fun. The mental gymnastics people play with Patrick Mahomes. I don't think there's any debating right now of who the best in the NFL is, but I wanted to, to see what your thoughts are on these numbers. Um, measured in average air yards per touchdown. Average length of Patrick Mahomes TD passes. 2019, 17.3. 2020, 13. 2021, 8.5. 2022, 4.5. And 2023, 3.9. 
Um, what do you make of the uh, average air yards per touchdown pass for Patrick Mahomes in his, that's only five years of starting uh, as a quarterback? What do you make of it? Because uh, there's, there's a lot of discussions out there of what some people make of it, uh, mainly people that might have been on the losing end of a Super Bowl or losing end of uh, 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 games against Patrick Mahomes. But uh, what does that say to you for Patrick Mahomes and in, in uh, five, that five-year span of quarterbacking? Yeah, well, you know, I'm trying to figure out whether this matters or not because the Chiefs <laughs> won two Super Bowls. You, you know what I mean? I mean, exactly right. I, you know, and I'm not trying to be funny here, but you know, some of these things do matter. You know, that you're winning mm-hmm. despite it, not 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 right. because of that. Mm-hmm. But I, I just feel like he's taking his game to a different place. You know, and there's no Tyree Kill as we know, and who, who can turn. You know, something small into something big, and and um, you know the Chiefs just aren't built that way anymore. That's not to say they won't be built at some point like that again, but uh, you know, I think he's just done a, such a nice job of morphing his game a little bit and becoming a, a different kind of player. Um, you know, I, I you know was going through the uh, the video uh, of the game the other uh, the other day and of the Super Bowl and. Um, you know, there was that play on the, the final drive where he, he looked like he was he was getting ready to throw deep and thought better of it. And he checked down to Pacheco and got a mm-hmm. shorter gain. And, and, you know, the, the Chiefs went on to score anyway. So, you know, hey, would, would you like the number to be 17 like it was back in 2019? Yeah, you would. That, that, that's ideal. But that doesn't mean you can't win the other way, the, the way they've been winning the last two years. And particularly this year, so um, you know, I, I do think that uh, I, I'm just I'm I'm not sure whether that's you know cause for concern for the Chiefs. Um, I, I I just I think they can and he can more uh, more to the point. He can win this way and be an effective player this way as well. And it's a great point on the uh, Isaiah Pacheco in overtime. Uh, I had to go back and look at my notes. That play where he dropped it down to Pacheco just to get some yards was second down and six. They got five yards out of that on third and one. That's when Mahomes ran for the 19 yards to uh, yeah. <laughs> was right after that yeah. on the third and one. If he doesn't drop it to Pacheco or tries to go deep and it's an incomplete pass, it's you know it's still third and six. They would have two downs. Maybe they still end up scoring. But just interesting that one led to the next one. That you know what I'm just going to take this right here. And also you know they had um, you know in uh, uh, after Valdez Scantling ended up losing like you know seven yards or whatever it is. Um, uh, that you know went from a six-yard catch to a three-yard loss. Um, the very next play was second and thirteen, and he just quick snapped through it right to MVS for a gain of seven yeah. yards um, yeah. and set up third and six. Uh, and then the next play on third and six was when the Forty ers blitzed and Steve Wilkes got fired, and Mahomes found uh, Rasheed Rice for a thirteen-yard gain on third and six, and then they went yeah. and scored a touchdown. So uh, I look at it as Mahomes adjusting his game that. You know, he was able to win a Super Bowl with Tyreek Hill and win a lot of games with Tyreek Hill, and he's had to adjust. And the one thing he has talked about in his career was becoming more disciplined to simply take what's there and try to fight the, I'm just going to throw it um, through this guy or through that. I can make every throw on the field. And he certainly can because that throw to McCole Hardman is incredibly rare. It's a unicorn throw. Not many people can do that. Um, there's only a couple, I think, you know, in the NFL that could do that. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. And for him to then take his game 
and be okay with that. That's the other thing is be okay. Sort of fight himself, right, of of saying, yeah, I'll throw the touchdown passes that are four yards. I won't have the 50 or 60-yard touchdown passes. Also, he had MVS a couple of times for touchdown passes, and uh, MVS ran the wrong route and then dropped it. So <laughs> the touchdown passes yeah. numbers could be skewed a little bit if the guys simply catch the football. But when you say, I don't know that it matters, the winning touchdown pass in the Super Bowl was three yards. Yeah. I don't yeah. think it matters. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. You know, it's, hey, it's easier to win when you're when you're getting big plays. I mean, yeah. it's easier to score points. It's easier to win. But that that doesn't mean they can't do it and do it well this way. And you know, you you, you kind of saw as the season went on his um, his um, you know kind of growth in this area. You know, you remember there was a game in New York against the Jets early in the year. The Chiefs had the seventeen nothing lead, and then he throws a couple interceptions, and he was. He, after the game, he's talking about he, he got greedy. That, yeah, you know yep, he, that's he right. uh, well, yeah, he didn't get greedy in the Super Bowl. You know, he he, you know, I, I think even the interception wasn't greedy. That was just not a great throw. I mean, he just uh, overthrew Kelsey a little mm-hmm. bit. But uh, you know, other than that, we didn't see um, any kind of greed from him. I don't think that I recall during the playoffs. I think he was, uh, you know, kind of had had become this kind of player because that's what he had to be for the Chiefs to win with this kind of team i think it's a great point on the uh, not getting greedy and and going back to that new york jets game because he uh, he definitely did get greedy on that one so uh it's just uh, it's been amazing to watch him play it's been amazing to uh experience these six years and um they're uh, they seem to be as motivated as ever to try to win three that that that's yeah. now be the first one ever to win three that's the carrot that's out there it's not there there's there doesn't seem to many uh to be much resting on the laurels with this group of uh coaches and and uh leaders on the team no you know that's a powerful thing to get you through an off season you know when you don't feel like working out or whatever that this is that that is something that they can shoot for so yeah I, I do think they're you know that's a a real thing I, I know it is for Mahomes and Kelsey I, I I feel like that's half the reason Kelsey's coming back mm-hmm. you know is he wants to do something no one's ever done yep. in the NFL so uh yeah I do think that's going to be a real thing and 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 uh, they'll they'll put it to good use um, uh, as they go through the off season do the Raiders have the recipe to beat the Chiefs as Antonio Pierce thinks yeah, you know what? How many times have we heard over the last six years that people have the recipe? You know that mm-hmm. somebody figured out the Chiefs. You know, and here, you know, remember they they couldn't beat man coverage for a little while. You know, remember that back in the or his early years that they, the Chiefs couldn't beat man coverage, and 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 then that that changed. So there's been a number of things over the years that um, you know people have thought they've you know discovered gold or whatever and uh, you know I guess I'll believe it when I see it I mean I, no I don't think so I mean the Chiefs still almost won that game and you know the Raiders really dominated uh, on the field but the Chiefs still uh, had a chance to win toward the end so uh, you know no I, I don't think so and um, I, I'd be surprised if a Vegas of all teams the Raiders I, I feel like that's going to be the last team to solve the Patrick Mahomes puzzle. Yeah, I don't think many teams are going, God, what's the recipe? Was? Oh, here it is, found it. Uh, get two defensive touchdowns and have your quarterback not complete a pass for the last three quarters of the game. Yeah, that's recipe the, to beat uh, the Chiefs. There you go. <laughs> I'm not there sure that go. that's the recipe. Uh, Adam, you're the man as always. Appreciate it, sir. Adam Teicher from ESPN. Thank you. Uh, enjoy the week, and uh, we will talk next week. Combine time, Adam. Combine time. Yeah. Yes. Let's do it. There we go. Adam, you're the man. Appreciate it, sir.
Good stuff. Talk to you later. Absolutely. There's Adam Teicher from ESPN. Chiefs Insider, presented by Twin Peaks. Step up your lunch game at Twin Peaks. Enjoy light yet hearty combos put together for you, available at an awesome price, featuring savory soups, crisp salads, and a variety of sandwiches to satisfy your every craving. Enjoy your next lunch break with Twin Peaks. We will take a timeout. We'll come back. And uh, you know what? Let's hear from Antonio Pierce on the other side of the break. More zone next. All right, we'll talk with Myron Metcalf coming up uh, at noon from ESPN College Hoops Insider. Thank you, Adam Teicher, ESPN, Chiefs Insider, presented by Twin Peaks. Also, Todd Lebo will join us in the 1 o'clock hour. Jack Johnson is down in Surprise, Arizona. We'll talk with him around 1230 or so. Antonio Pierce um, on the uh, podcast that I don't remember the name of the podcast with Max Crosby and a few others. It's called something like The Rush. Something it's called something like the rush. All right, it this is from the podcast the something rush. like the rush. Um, but this is like Max Crosby's podcast, right? Yeah, With I think it's like a his, pass few, rusher okay, cool. play on words. Great. Um, I'll have the answer by the end of this audio. Here is Antonio Pierce's rush to uh, put a you know his foot in his mouth. The on, rush podcast. Oh, there you go. It's simply the rush podcast. Something like the rush podcast. Um, here's Antonio Pierce talking about the Chiefs and the Raiders Christmas Day game. We joked with Adam Teicher about the recipe. This is where that came from. Oh, and the Jordan rules the Raiders use for the Chiefs now. So the first game, you guys remember, we um, were up 14 nothing, And I talked about, like, hey, man, we need to come out. Enough is enough. We need to, we need to put, you know, put our foot on their throats. But I didn't think I did a good enough job of saying how we need to finish the second half. So going into the next week, that's all I, I thought about. Like, man, how can I just – Paint a picture of how I see the game playing out. That's really what I think I do really well. I can, I can play the game out before it happens. Yeah. So what I did is I went through it by quarters. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So on Wednesday, we came in. It was Thomas Hearns, Hagler, right here in Caesars, 85. First round. Slugging. Slugging. I don't know who won. We don't know who won the first round, but no. God, still going at it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Boom. Oh. Thursday, we pop up. I put uh, Diaz in a... Um, in, uh, Diaz McGregor. Uh, McGregor on. Yeah. I showed a second round of that fight. We all know how that went down. Yeah. First one, boom, boom. And then you see the choke out, and we mm-hmm. we cut it off. And then we went into, we got the Jordan rules, and we, we I'm calling now from now on, as long as I'm here, the Patrick Mahomes rules. Mm-hmm. So you remember when Jordan was going through it with the Pistons, all those guys in the 80s before he came, Michael Jordan, Air Jordan, the Pistons used to whoop his ass. Anytime he came to the hole, Elbows, yeah. filling them, yeah. love taps. We touch them. We in the head, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. I'm touching you. Mm-hmm. So I show those guys Jordan getting his whooped consistently. And on the side, I got this screen. I got these two, these two, <laughs> these two side. Um, and it's kind of like this is almost a little gory. Like this, we getting crazy now, right? This, this can bro. And we got these two screens showing of us just getting after it. Raiders versus Chiefs. And then the last one, I showed Muhammad Ali in the, four, in the 15th round. 12th round of his fights. Just give it to him. Finish him. Finish. I said, man, when we get to the end, we got to finish him. We got to put him away. Yeah. We got to put him away the way we want to put him away. Yeah. And if you go back to that game, they did a hell of a job. We talked about that second quarter, dominating the second quarter. Yeah. Defensively, two touchdowns in seven seconds. They were so hyped, I called a timeout just to calm us down. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I'm like, I'm like, everybody calm down. Like, dude, I got Jack Jones over here. They fight. I'm like, Max, I'm like, hold on, everybody stop. We call timeout just to slow the pace down because I'm like, we're going, we're ready. And then you see Patrick Mahomes looking around. But the best part about that game, 
Max knows that, you know, we did a great job in the fourth quarter with, in the red zone on fourth down when they kept going for it. Patrick put his cape on. I always tell Max and Devontae and our, and our, our stars, hey, put your cape on. You're a superhero. Yeah. Mm-hmm. On Sundays, I look at you like my comic book. Yeah. I open it up, I want to see what Max Crosby does. I want to see what Devontae does. Well, we saw Patrick Mahomes try to do the same thing, and these guys wouldn't let go. I mean, they were relentless for 60 minutes, and then what we wanted to do is what I call the best play in football is we wanted to get to victory formation. They did. That's fine. He said earlier in there that they had the recipe to beat the Chiefs. Okay. That recipe includes what? Two defensive touchdowns? In like 15 seconds. Yeah. Back-to-back plays at a defensive uh, touchdown? That's fine. More defensive touchdowns than completed passes through... How long? Three quarters. And I, I mean, time. look, you can you can hype up your team. That's fine. Yeah. But it's one thing to hype up your team and talk about it. But then you're going public with it's the Mahomes rules. He's getting hit. He's getting punched. He's getting, um, you know, tackled. He's getting elbowed. It's going to be the Mahomes rules as long as we're here. I mean, I don't care that if he says, you know, we hate the Chiefs. We're teaching him to hate red. That's fine. Whatever. Chiefs hated the Raiders. You know, Raiders hate the Chiefs. But it's yet another team that hangs a banner by beating the Chiefs. We beat the Chiefs. We've got the recipe. We beat the Chiefs. Our entire offseason is going to be built off beating the Chiefs. Cool. And the Bengals are 3-1. and one.